It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all VD heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And this week for show number 85, for the week of September 11th, 2014, we have all kinds of fun. And we hope you're getting ready to get all those pixels right in place. Maybe get your robotic hands on and all kinds of action fun. Because we have none other than Tanya Gunati stopping in here at the show. That's right, Tanya is stopping in here to talk about a variety of different things that you may know her from. From the Disney XD series, Aaron Stone. As well as Disney Channel original movies like Pixel Perfect. And great classic shows like Even Stevens. Including fantastic films like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. And also, very popular animated series like Transformers Prime. And the upcoming Disney's Pen Zero Part-Time Hero. And Tanya's going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things. What it's like being an actress being known for these classic Disney Channel selections as well as becoming a voice actress and what she's doing now and many other goodies. In addition, we have the D team back. That's right, you have questions, he has answers. And Aaron's going to dip his hand in that virtual mailbag and answer all your questions in I want to know. We also have Nathan who's going to give you that trip down memory lane with this week in Disney history. We have Paige who's going into the steps of the Disney Legacy Collection with the magical music review and we have Jason as he's going to go down into the vault and uncover an all new let's just say a pixel perfect edition film to add to your collection. We also have Caitlin back with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDWN2 and all kinds of fun. We also have news hot off the D-Wire from Frozen, the Disney Channel, music, movies, all new DVDs, and all kinds of things going on within the Walt Disney Company. So all of you D-Heads, we have a jam-packed show here this week. All kinds of fun, all kinds of different things that you've come to know and love here at Disney On Demand, our unique, special, new kind of Disney show. Now before I officially kick off the show for this week, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC rental.com and at dvc-rental.com you can save up to 60% on your next Walt Disney World trip. There you can purchase points directly from Disney Vacation Club members and stay at the marvelous resorts that are part of the Vacation Club at a fraction of the cost. And that's at dvc-rental.com. So as you can tell, D-Heads, I am jazzed up, I am geared up, I am ready to go. So let's officially kick off show number 85 for the week of September 11th, 2014. And I'll be right back, all the D-Heads.
true of birth and their dealings with dressed envelope to Davis and Kurt right down that what's next on TV Disney XD here's an inside look at the first Disney XD original series Aaron Stone My name is Kelly, and I play Aaron Stone. Stan, do I look silly? I mean, I'm Charlie. You are Aaron Stone. No, I mean, I'm... Charlie pretends to be Aaron Stone. And I'm Tanya. I play Emma. It's not that hard. You know, there's a lot of different levels on the show. There's action involved. You know, there's a lot of cool stunts. In the filming, we have to be able to do a little bit of our stunt work. I trained for weeks before I came here in martial arts, mixed martial arts. I actually get to do a lot of the stunts. It just makes me feel like an action hero. We've got our cameras in the hallway. Here, you have to be a little bit more focused. There's a little bit more action. I don't think anybody's going to recognize me. I created Hero Rising to find the best player in the world. The fate of the world rests in your hands. Stan is a little off. Stan is an android. But he's very loyal and wants nothing more than to help Aaron in all of his adventures. You're asking a kid in boxer shorts to save the world. If that toxin is released in the city, all is lost. You lose, Mr. Hall. There's only one left. Get me Aaron Stone. That'd be me, Aaron Stone. For my own safety, I have to keep a low profile. Ah, yes. Souljacker is still out there. No, I was, I was thinking more like my mom. That's your first look at Aaron Stone. Check it out on Disney XD. For the love of airtime, a good explosion, and awesome cartoons, turn your head around and check out Disney XD. On TV, online, everywhere. Premieres February 13th on Disney XD. Sweet! Standing on a dirty old rooftop Down below the cars in this city go rushing by I sit here alone and I wonder why
may know me as Tron. Right now, you're listening to Disney On Demand. I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 85 for the week of September 11th, 2014. And we have all kinds of fun here at the show this week as we're welcoming the one and only Tanya Gunati stopping in here at the show. Yes, you know her from Transformers Prime, Even Stevens, Pixel Perfect, and of course, Disney XD's Aaron Stone, as well as the upcoming Pen Zero Part-Time Hero. And Tanya's going to be stopping in very shortly. We have the D-Team and all kinds of fun. So before we just jump right into news hot off the D-Wire here this week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com. You can also find us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. So, all VD heads, with that said, it's all out of the way. So let's just jump into news hot off the D-Wire. And there is no getting around it. Since it is September 11th, we all know that fateful day that happened in history. So because I want to give that acknowledgement for all the people that lost their lives, loved ones who are still dealing with their losses, and more, let's bow our heads in a moment of silence and remember everybody that's been involved, whether that was our heroes, people lost, family members who are still mourning the loss of loved ones, and more. Let's bow our heads and remember all of those involved with 9-11, because America as we know it has never been the same. God bless everybody who has been involved with 9-11, who it's touched their lives. So moving right along here in news hot off the D-Wire, let's get into the one that everybody is talking about. And how about Disney building a frozen attraction? Yes, we knew it was coming. And there's many debates on this, whether you're for it or against it. But the Walt Disney Company is adding an all-new attraction based on the movie Frozen to its Epcot theme park in Orlando, Florida. Yes, the media company's blockbuster movie is heading to Epcot. That's right, with the popularity of the film, the attraction in Norway, Maelstrom, that we all know, is going to be made over into Arendelle. Yes, the Scandinavian setting for the Icy Kingdom, inhabited by Anna and Elsa from Frozen. It's going to replace the boat ride that we all love as Maelstrom. Now, the attraction will take guests to Arendelle and immerse them with many of their favorite moments from the music from the film. Now, Tom Staggs, chairman of the Walt Disney World Parks and Resorts, did mention this on the Disney Parks blog website, although he did not say when the attraction would open. Now, the Frozen presence is going to grow everywhere else within the Disney Parks. At the Magic Kingdom, they're also going to have Cinderella's Castle being transformed into an ice palace each night starting in early November, Staggs said as well. Now, Frozen is to date the highest grossing animated film of all time, with ticket sales over $1.3 billion. Now, we all have our personal opinions of Maelstrom and how we love it. Now, I personally, I try to stay away from many personal opinions here on the show, but I will just say, replacing Maelstrom that truly is Norwegian with something that is made up and make-believe, I'm not sure about it. Now, the other way the argument could go is trolls are make-believe as well. 
take it for what it is. Now, since we are talking about Disney parks and many other things, how about Disney planning an all-new Star Wars attraction for its Paris park? That's right, Euro Disney, the theme park on the outskirts of Paris, is planning to elaborate on its 25th anniversary in 2017 by making major investments, including the installation of an all-new attraction themed for Star Wars. That's right, it would be the first significant expansion of the Star Wars brand at the Walt Disney Company's European Outpost since the American media giant brought its parent Lucasfilm in for $4 billion in 2012. Now the plans coincide with the film of the seventh installment of the Star Wars franchise that we're all excited for. Now Euro Disney is Europe's most visited tourist attraction with two theme parks attracting more than 14.9 million visitors last year alone. Now its flagship Disneyland Paris was the first of the two parks to open and does feature the Star Wars themed ride Star Tours, which we all know, but that is almost 20 years old. As they have mentioned, we are looking to update Star Tours at the moment and they're going to have an all new show that they are looking to have in 2017. So if you're making it to Disneyland Paris, you definitely want to make sure that uh, you get in on this one. Now, moving to the small screen, how about the story of Walt Disney? That's right, and Walt Before Mickey, the official trailer has been released. Now, you may remember a while back in our archives that we interviewed John Heater and also Thomas Ian Nicholas, who are playing Walt and Roy in the film here on the show live from the set. Well, behold, the trailer for Walt Before Mickey did debut this last week, and it's showing the modest beginnings of the world-famous animator known as Walt Disney. And this is not a funny or die video that everybody's thinking of. This is actually something that is truly original and it's also based off the novel Walt Before Mickey Disney's early years 1919 to 1928 now this is the only book that was ever endorsed by the Walt Disney family and also as a foreword by Diane Disney Miller now the film takes place just like the title says before the birth of Mickey Mouse but that doesn't stop it from teasing everybody who loves Mickey Mouse and the beginnings of Mickey throughout the entire film now this is definitely one that you're going to want to check out and add to your collection. Now moving to the Disney uh, company and things like that, how about Disney Worldwide Conservation Fund announcing 2014 grant recipients? Yes, it is now surpassing $25 million in their milestones. That's right, the Disney Worldwide Conservation Fund is Disney's granting program focused on protecting wildlife and connecting kids and families with nature. And it has now announced its 2014 conservation grant recipients. Now this year, $3.5 million in grants will benefit many wildlife and habitats spanning five continents, from African lions to Tanzania and elephants, Brazil, and more. Now, for nearly two decades, the Disney Worldwide Conservation Fund has supported crucial work to address the threats that face wildlife. Now, this year, they have a variety of different things, including African People and Wildlife Fund, the International Fund for Animal Welfare, the Zoo Conservation Outreach Group, and the Marine Mammal Center. Now, these are just a variety of different things that they are adding and giving to. Now, with the 2014 grants, they now have distributed more than $27 million since its inception in 1995. Now to this date, this support has funded efforts to conserve more than 400 species around the world, funded projects that have protected more than 3,600 square miles of habitat, equal to nearly 60 Walt Disney World resorts, and supported education programs that have engaged more than 3 million people in conservation efforts. Now this is definitely fantastic and you know, it's a great plan that Disney is doing to give back to everything that is pretty much existent in our life, our society, that we have it to pass down to our children and more. Now moving from conservation of nature, let's move to technology and how about Apple Pay? making a big day for Walt Disney World and even more. That's right, Apple's release of the highly anticipated iWatch. Now we all want our iWatch, we are excited for the iWatch. 
and we really want this one. I mean, come on, with a Mickey Mouse face, it's, it's fantastic. Don't get me started on the iWatch, but Apple's release of the iPhone 6 and the Apple Watch could make the day for Disney theme parks because part of the announcement this last Tuesday, Apple announced that it will include partnership with the Walt Disney World Resort that will start using the new Apple Pay. Now, this is a mobile wallet system that allows customers to pay for purchases with the tap of their mobile device, eliminating the use of credit cards or cash. Now, Apple Pay makes shopping fast and easy for guests and also simplifies the checkout process for cash members the Walt Disney Company spokesperson has said. As they've released, our guests are going to love the convenience of Apple Pay, which brings an easy, secure, private way to make purchases at the Disney Store and the Walt Disney World Resort. Now, I foresee this just uh, really getting people in trouble like myself. This is one where we're really going to get in trouble, and uh, really, uh, it's easy. I mean, it's already hard with the Magic Band. Yeah, add it to my account, add, add it to my account, yep, add it to my account. Now, experts are saying that Apple Pay won't replace the Magic Band, but it's rather an extension of the Magic Band system where customers can travel light and swipe it very easy. Now, Disney is all about this, and they did invest $1 billion to participate in this new technology. They're hoping that this system is going to give visitors the ability to really move forward and make things simple, easy, and fun. Now, getting back to the small screen here, let's get back to the Disney Channel. And how about Make Your Mark returning to the Disney Channel? this week. That's right, all new segments that showcases kids and teens from around the country whose uplifting stories can encourage their peers to get inspired to connect to the world and communicate in positive ways are back once again. And this is part of the Emmy award-winning series, Make Your Mark. Now, the series is an ongoing presentation, and this week on September 12th, it is coming back on the Disney Channel. Now, this new series is designed to reach kids ages 6 to 14 with a wide array of empowering, relevant stories and to augment the channel's themes of communication, diversity, and optimism. Now, the seven individuals chosen for the 2014 edition of Make Your Mark range in age from 11 to 15 and are from Long Island, Manchester, Los Angeles, San Diego, Arizona, and Miami, Florida. Now, the Make Your Mark series of over 25 stories also rolls out this week on Watch Disney Channel app, allowing consumers to watch on their tablet, phones, computers, and also a variety of other outlets. Now, they'll also be scheduled on the Disney Channel, DisneyChannel.com, and the YouTube series. Now, Disney Channel's Vice President of Marketing and Creative, Ron Pomerantz, who has won an Emmy Award and more for previous installments of the series, said peers have a great influence on kids and teens, and through these stories about young people making a real difference, they can aim to inspire a generation of kids to take action that can change the world and themselves through a service, a sense of optimism and values that they uphold. Now, this is brand new, and it is coming back and debuting on Friday, September 12th, once again, on the Disney Channel. Now, talking about the parks and getting back to that kind of frame of mind here, we were just talking about the iWatch. How about the new Haunted Mansion villain stretching room portraits coming for a limited time? That's right, we all love the Haunted Mansion, and it doesn't make a difference if Disneyland's version or the Walt Disney World version or even Phantom Manor in Disneyland Paris. But the main thing is that as Disney fans, we all love the Haunted Mansion. And the stretchy room is iconic as those troublesome hitchhiking ghosts. And now for a limited time, Disney has released our all-new favorite villains in these iconic poses once again. And let me tell you, they are fantastic. From Captain Hook and TikTok Croc to Maleficent, Miss Cruella DeVille, and even the Queen of Hearts, they are must-have for Disney fans. These are limited edition posters, and you can even get higher-priced canvas editions as well if you're looking to spend the extra dollar to just make it awesome in your collection. Now, these are expected to sell out even faster than the Fab Five did a couple of weeks ago, and if you want to find them, you can visit DisneyStore.com and check out them right there. 
Now, getting back to the small screen, I know I'm all over the board here. How about DVDs and those young ones in your life and Doc McStuffins? That's right, Doc McStuffins School of Medicine was released this last week on DVD. That's right, that's right, with school back in session, we all need those annual trips to the doctor, and this week we get to see if the doc is in with Doc McStuffins School of Medicine getting released this last Tuesday. Now, along with a free exclusive Doc McStuffins dress-up playset, in Doc McStuffins School of Medicine, it's a compilation of engaging Doc McStuffins stories the many specialties in which the doctors practice medicine and healthcare designed to young children. Now the list here, and if you have a Disney Junior Watcher in your family and you love it, they have Chili Gets Chili, Through the Reading Glass, Haley's Happy Birthday, Shark Style Toothache, Think Pink, You Foos, You Lose, Disco Dress Up Daisy, The Glider Brothers, Celestial Celeste, and Run Doc Run. Now these are a variety of different great things, and Doc McStuffins is a fantastic series. And if you recall, we also had the voice of Lammy here a while back on the show as well that you can get in our archives, but now you can get Doc McStuffins School of Medicine on DVD with a free dress-up playset that I know your Disney Junior lover out there is going to love as well. Now, all of you D-heads, as we're gearing in here, you know, closing down here in this part of news, I'm going to give you one more here. And how about getting strong and getting big and just uh, making sure you're healthy? Yep, I'm talking about Star Wars and using the Force. How did you not know I was going there with that? Well, now you can get strong with the Force with Nature Smart introducing exclusive Star Wars gummy vitamins. To help parents establish a healthy routine for their kids, Nature Smart is now introducing new Star Wars brand gummy vitamins, which are available in three complete multivitamin formulas. That's right, there's over 10 essential vitamins, minerals for healthy growth, development, and more. I know it sounds like an ad, but uh, I will say I picked them up for my children this weekend as well. So, But they have a variety of different ones. They have the Star Wars villain, complete multigrain vitamins with all kinds of your favorite villains with Darth Vader, Stormtroopers, Boba Fett, and more. They also have the Star Wars Complete Multivitamin Sour Gummies, which is Yoda. They also have the Star Wars Hero Package, where you have Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, the Millennium Falcon, Star Wars logos, and more. And also the Immune Support Gummies, which is R2-D2, C-3PO, and more. Now, as they have said, giving your child a multivitamin every day can help fill some nutritional gaps, said Beth, registered nurse and CEO of HealthyWomen.org. As part of a healthy routine and active play of nutritious food, a daily multivitamin can help your child's growth and development. And that's why we teamed up with Star Wars to make it fun, interactive, and something that they'll want to take all the time. So definitely check out your store for those, or you can also visit naturesmartvitamins.com. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to wrap up this part of news here. There's a lot of things on the horizon. You have questions, he has answers. Aaron is back once again with I Want to Know. We also have the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with Caitlin with WDW in 2. And also Nathan with This Week in Disney History. So we have all kinds of fun on the horizon. Many different things going on. So before I let you go, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is proudly sponsored by dvc-rental.com and remember at dvc-rental.com you can purchase unused Disney Vacation Club points maybe you're not a Vacation Club member but you want to stay at one of those fantastic resorts this is your chance and you can save up to 60% on your next Walt Disney World vacation making it the most magical that you can have and all you have to do is go to dvc-rental.com talk with Scott there there's a points calculator and you can start planning your trip and saving that money and they are the official sponsor here at Diz Radio Com. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins to the D-team. I'm going to take a break here. And, you know, I'm just going to sit back and uh, let the D-team go for a while so you can uh, have a break from my ramblings. So, be right back and uh, take it away, team. You see 
My friends, the computer makes life easier. <laughs> Saves me time and headaches too. <laughs> he sorts things out, analyzes in a shake. My enormous problem, to him's a piece of cake. He's got a great big memory like an elephant. <laughs> Utilizes knowledge without end. That's why I'm a router for me computer. Everybody needs a friend. <laughs> when my work piles up and I'm seeing red, cause I need five arms and an extra head, I find the computer becomes me troubleshooter. He keeps miles and miles of facts on file. My wish is his command. Nothing is astuter than a computer when I need a helping hand. Let me explain. They keep on top of accommodations, record and update reservations, coordinate telephone operations, and help plan energy conservation. They're really a great financial device. Payroll service is kept precise. They project attendance, then give advice on personnel, food, and merchandise. They're constantly focusing all their attention on matters of safety and fire prevention. They've given efficiency new dimension with numerous examples too many to mention. <sighs> And that's why I'm a router for me computer. Everybody needs a friend. You see, my friends, the computer does the drudgery. Leaves me free for better things. I push some buttons and in and off a mo. What was a sticky wicket becomes an easy go. He's got a great big memory like an elephant. How he works is hard to comprehend. Complicated computations take him just a tick. He coordinates and tabulates and does it double quick. And that's why I'm a router for me computer. Everybody needs a friend. No need to stand, no need to stand. We now know our conflict is not over. Once again, the future of humankind is at stake. But we are here to defend your world. I am Optimus Prime. Stand by us. And we will stand by you. Hi, this is Tanya Gunadi, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and I'm back with another installment of I Want to Know. There's a touch of fall in the air, and I can't wait. I'm ready for the hot apple cider and backyard bonfires to begin. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Shawnee Dixon of Michigan, and she writes, Aaron, and I want to know, I'm hearing a lot about the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Party at the Magic Kingdom on a lot of sites. This will be my first year attending. I heard that you can meet the villains for a short time after each mix and mingle show. Is there any way to know which villain will be where? I really want a photo with Hook and Corilla. Thank you for any help. 
Well, I've been to a couple of the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween parties, and they are a blast. The best advice I can give is to arrive as early as possible. You can get in as early as 4 p.m. with your party ticket. This party has what I consider to be the best parade that the Magic Kingdom puts on, the Boo to You Parade. Make sure and don't miss the Headless Horseman, he looks amazing. The fireworks, Happy Hollow Wishes, are also one of my favorites and a not miss. The villain's mix and mingle show is repeated four times during the course of the party. It features several villains including Maleficent, Captain Hook, Cruella DeVille, and Dr. Facilier. My recommendation for you, if you are wanting to meet a particular villain, is to ask a cast member where their line is as early as possible. Hopefully you can meet all the villains you want to, but it might take multiple shows. Another tip is the show gets less busy as the evening goes on, so that's something to keep in mind. And one final tip, get your hands on a schedule of events guide for the party before you get there so you can plan out your evening. You can get one at Guest Relations and Town Hall, and it makes your party experience that much better. I feel confident in saying that you will have an amazing time at the party, so have fun. I have to admit, I'm a little bit jealous. Well, our next question is from Mike in Atlanta, and he writes, Love the show, guys and girls. I was watching a few Disney classics with the family the other day, and I was wondering just how many films was the boy from Old Yeller in. I see him in Swiss Family and Old Yeller, but his face looks really familiar. Does he have a big Disney history? Thanks for the help, and keep up the great show. Well, Old Yeller is a great movie. It always brings a tear to my eye. There are actually two actors that you might be talking about that were in both films. Tommy Kirk played Travis Coates, and Kevin Corcoran played Arliss Coates. Both actors had prolific acting careers with Disney. Kevin Corcoran and Tommy Kirk played brothers in five films, beginning with the 1957 Old Yeller, the other films were The Shaggy Dog in 1959, Swiss Family Robinson in 1960, Bon Voyage 1962, and Savage Sam, the sequel to Old Yeller in 1963. Fred McMurray played their father in The Shaggy Dog and Bon Voyage. Dorothy McGuire played their mother in Old Yeller and Swiss Family Robinson. In fact, both actors were inducted as Disney Legends on October 9, 2006. Some other Disney movies Tommy Kirk was in included The Absent-Minded Professor in 1961, Babes in Toyland in 1961, Moon Pilot in 1962, Son of Flubber in 1963, The Misadventures of Merlin Jones in 1964, and The Monkey's Uncle in 1965. So, some of Kevin Corcoran's other Disney movies include Pollyanna in 1960, Daniel Boone, the 1960 miniseries, Toby Tyler, 1960, and A Tiger Walks, in 1964. So as you can see, there's no doubt why these two great actors are Disney legends. Well, our final question this week is from Michelle, and she writes, Hey Jonathan, Aaron, and the D-Team, just love the show. So different and something new in Disney podcast. My question is about an old Disney TV show called The Jersey. I think... This was before my time, but I caught a few episodes online and really like it. How long did it run for? Are the actors up to anything? And can I find it anywhere? 
I know most Disney TV shows are hard to find. Thank you so much, your young D-head. Well, I have to admit I missed this show. The Jersey is a television series that aired on the Disney Channel that premiered January 30th, 1999, and it was based on the Monday Night Football Club books by Gordon Corman. The series finale was on March 23rd, 2004. The Jersey was about Nick Leiter, Morgan Hudson, Coleman Galloway, and Elliot Rifkin, four teens who discover the magic of the Jersey, a mystical football jersey that transports them into the bodies of professional athletes. This is done in a way similar to the way the main character in Quantum Leap, Sam, would travel from body to body. There is a different athlete featured in every episode. The show had several sports superstars as guest actors, including Dan Lyle, Michael Andretti, Terrell Davis, David Robinson, Malik Rose, Tony Gonzalez, Shannon Sharp, Donovan McNabb, Michael Strahan, Kurt Warner, Stefan Marbury, Cordell Stewart, Jerome Bettis, Junior Seau, Scott Steiner, Eddie George, Sabrina Bryan, Randy Johnson, Tony Hawk, Layla Ali, Peyton Manning, and Danny Farmer. It looks like most of the actors went on to appear in other episodes of TV series, except for Megan Good, who played Tamika. She has done everything from TV to music videos to commercials and film. She last appeared in the films Anchorman 2 in 2013 and Think Like a Man 2 in 2014. Unfortunately, it looks like The Jersey is another one of those lost Disney classics. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. shipwreck on a jagged unknown reef. Have mercy. They were cast adrift in an angry uncharted sea. Sharks! Sharks! They were flung ashore on a strange lost island that teemed with a thousand perilous dangers. Yet together, with a quiet kind of daring and a proud kind of courage, the Swiss family Robinson transformed this island jungle into an exciting tropical paradise. The world is full of nice, ordinary little people who live in nice, ordinary little houses on the ground. But didn't you ever dream of having a house up on a treetop? You, you pull this to ring for the butler. You said that someday, if you could have your wish, 
You would sleep each night so you could see the stars. I tell you where I'd really like to be. Walking down the night, I guess. Like on a Sunday after church. And all the girls stroll past, all dressed up. Do you think when we get to New Guinea, if we ever do, there'll be any girls our age? By the time we get to New Guinea, we won't care what age they are. <laughs> <laughs> fault the gun went off she didn't mean to fire i don't care i could have been what did you say she didn't it's a girl here in walt disney's production of swiss family robinson is all the excitement you could ever wish for in a motion picture is all the fun you've ever dreamed of in the most hilarious race that's ever been run. Quick, you ever hope to see on the screen as the courageous Swiss family is forced to defend the home they had carved out of the wilderness. listening to Disney On Demand, a new kind of Disney show, only on DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com.
was a mongrel, an ugly lop-eared mongrel, fancy free without a family tree. But he could up and do it, and prove there's nothing to it, and that's how a good dog should be. Here, yeller, come back, yeller, best dog on dog in the West. Best dog on dog in the West. Old Yeller was a hunter, a rare and terran hunter. In any chase, he knew just how to run. And when he hunted trouble, he always found it double. And that's when Old Yeller had fun. Here, Yeller, come back, Yeller. Best dog on dog in the West. Best dog on dog in the West. Old Yeller was a fighter, a rootin' tootin' fighter. In any scrap, he knew just what to do. A rough and ready feller, although his coat was yeller, his bold Texas heart was true blue. Here, yeller, come back, yeller, best dog on dog in the West. Here, yeller, come back, yeller, best dog on dog in the It's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. Come out to socialize with some grim-grinning ghosts at a brand new Haunted Mansion-themed gift shop opening this fall. Located in the Magic Kingdom, the shop will incorporate Madame Leota into its storyline. I've seen some of the park's exclusive merchandise, and let me tell you, there's some great stuff coming. From women's, men's, and kids' apparel to home goods, stationery, Dooney and Burke, and kitchenware, let's just say you better start saving now. One of our favorite things so far are shirts that look just like the Haunted Mansion cast member costumes, name badge included. We'll let you know when an opening date's announced. Speaking of openings, Hollywood Studios is set to have the next Disney Park Starbucks location, opening its doors in February of 2015. The Trolley Car Cafe will be themed as a trolley car station and will offer Starbucks beverages and pastries, as well as Disney pastries. Sounds like the perfect place to get your caffeine fix and satisfy your sweet tooth. In other parks news, Epcot's World Showcase will be making some entertainment changes in the coming weeks. Look forward to new experiences, like traditional Berber music and a dance troupe in Morocco, flag performers in Italy, a lumberjack show in Canada, Celtic folk music in the UK, and more. Now, to make room for these new acts, it does mean we have to bid a few adieu. So if you're in Epcot in the next couple weeks, try to catch a farewell viewing of Mo Rockin', Off Kilter, The Spirit of America Fife and Drum Corps, and the World Showcase Players. We'll certainly miss their music. As we learn more about the new shows, though, we'll be sure to keep you in the loop. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, you can fly! Cooper is in their dealings with pressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that. Imagine hear that.
Hey, I'm Michael with Imagineer That. Want to learn how to use your creativity to solve problems? What if what you're looking at isn't what you think it is? Just because you think you've seen it before doesn't mean you've seen it all. The more questions you ask, the more answers you'll get. So get creative with your approach and keep asking, what if? Questioning everything is one of the great creativity sparks from the Disney Imagineers. And when you're creating together, you're learning together. You, me, and Disney Channel. Imagineer that. Hey there again, D-Heads. Welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I'm Nathan, and ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. As always, let's begin. Starting out this week in Disney history, we start in 1894. Billy Gilbert, the voice of Sneezy in Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, is born in Louisville, Kentucky. In 1911, master animator, artist, Disney le- and Disney legend Robert Fred Moore is born in Los Angeles, California. Robert never really received formal art training, but he gained much admiration at Disney very quickly in the early 30s due to his great natural talent. Freddie worked on such Disney classics as Pinocchio, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, Fantasia, Peter Pan, and Dumbo, and he later became resident specialist on animating Mickey Mouse himself. In 1925, animation work began on Walt Disney's Alice comedy film, Alice Rattled by Rats. In 1938, a morning story meeting for Fantasia took place at the studio's conference room. In 1955, five-year-old Elsa Marquez is welcomed as a one-millionth guest entering Disneyland just only seven weeks after the park's grand opening. In 1962, Meet Me at Disneyland aired episode number 13, Talent on Parade. In 1966, comedian, actor, writer, and film producer Adam Sandler, star of Bedtime Stories, is born in Brooklyn, New York. In 1968, the United States Postal Service paid tribute to Walt himself with the release of a commemorative six-cent postage stamp, and it was issued only two years following his death. In 1969, Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color aired for the final time on NBC. Starting with the next episode, the series will be titled The Wonderful World of Disney. In 1973, at Disneyland, the General Electric Carousel Progress closed. In 1981, actor Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the voice of young Simba in Disney's 94 animated feature, The Lion King, as well as being in Tom and Huck and I'll Be Home for Christmas, is born in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. In 1984, Morocco, the first New World Showcase pavilion to be added to the original roster since the park's 82 opening, debuted at Epcot. In 1985, Steve Jobs announced that he is leaving Apple, the company that he formed with Steve Wozniak. Last May, Steve Jobs had been removed from his managerial duties as head of Macintosh, and five months later he founded Next Computer, and in 1986 bought the graphics group, later renamed Pixar, from Lucasfilm's Computer Graphics Division. In 1986, Captain EO, a 3D sci-fi fantasy movie musical attraction starring Michael Jackson, opened at Epcot. In 1988, the Disney Sunday movie aired for the last time on ABC. In 1994, Disney theme parks welcomed their one billionth guest, Mary Smith from Illinois. After walking through the main gate of Walt Disney World, she was given a lifetime pass for herself and her family, and a cross-country flight to be able to explore and go to Disneyland. In 1996, at Disneyland Paris, a major fire broke out and damaged portions of the Sequoia Lodge Hotel at 6.45 a.m. In 1997, Disneyland's Circle Vision Theater, which offered daily showings of America the Beautiful, the last film Walt Disney himself worked on, closed in Tomorrowland after being open 42 total years. 
1998, Disneyland's submarine voyage closed at the 7 a.m. ceremony and it was officiated by U.S. Navy Commander Robert Thomas. Also, unfortunately, in 1998, at Disney World this time, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride officially closed after running for 27 years. And also in 1998, the United States Postal Service issued a 32-cent postage stamp depicting Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves as part of its series, Memories of the 1930s. And on to some less fortunate news of the week. In 2001, we take a look back and honor everything that happened on 9-11. And here are some Disney facts that were relevant to park guests during that time. Following the morning terrorist attacks on the Pentagon, the World Trade Centers, and over the air in Pennsylvania, Walt Disney Resort in Florida and the Disneyland Resort in California closed without any incidents reported. All the resort hotels, however, remained open and provided accommodations to guests who were unable to leave and stuck at the parks. Disney also graciously lifted all phone charges so that guests could reach their family. And this closure also marked only the second time Disneyland had locked its gates in its 56-year history, and that first time was due to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in November 1963. Also at Disney World, cast members in all, far, in all four parks were instructed to hold hands and form a human wall, and gently, without touching any guests, walk towards the hub of each park and eventually towards the exit. This methodology was used to calmly force all guests out of the park without incident, and security followed each human wall to make sure that no one would get past them. Also at Disneyland Resort, the food and beverage stations remained open at no charge for guests who were on property, as well as the AMC theaters at Downtown Disney in Florida showed free Disney films for stranded resort guests. Due to the time difference, though, the California theme parks that were able to close before any guests were able to enter the parks. Also. Focusing on New York, the Disney Store closed for the day as well as any Disney Broadway shows in New York and on the road. Also, Michael Eisner released a statement to cast members explaining the Disney closings, and his quote was, Finally, let me say our company around the world will continue to operate in this sometimes violent world in which we live, offering products that reach to the higher and more positive side of the human equation. And also, some of the saddest news to report, aside from 9-11 itself, of course, was John Bogue, a former vice president of Walt Disney Records, was a passenger on one of the planes that struck One World Trade Center that day. I'm pretty sure I speak on behalf of the entire Diz Radio team, but our thoughts and prayers are with everybody involved with 9-11. Moving on to 2004, Disney legend Frank Thomas, one of Walt's nine old men, passed away at the age of 92 in California. In 2009, the astronauts aboard the orbiting space shuttle and International Space Station packed up a Buzz Lightyear doll that was in space at the space station for over a year, and they were going to bring it home, returning to Earth September 11th. And closing out this week in Disney history is 2013, and the reimagined California Grill, located atop Disney's Contemporary Resort, debuts after it was reimagined and uh, touched up. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed it and learned something maybe new that you didn't know. Have a great week and see you real soon. Hmm? Did you hear that? What? 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 Oh, I thought I heard it for a minute, but I, it must have been nothing. Well, I heard what? What? what did you hear? Well, I thought I heard the giant man-eating chicken. Giant man-eating chicken? What is it? Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, years ago, 
there was an old prospector living in this valley. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And one winter, when the night started getting extremely cold, uh -huh. he wanted to make his sleeping bag warmer. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And he snuck down valley to a chicken farm, got inside the chicken house, and when this one huge female chicken was walking by, uh -huh. he reached out, grabbed a handful of feathers, and jerked them out of that chicken and ran like crazy back up here to his cabin, stuffed them in his sleeping bag, made it a lot warmer. Uh -huh. That chicken was furious and swore that as long as she lived, and even after she died, she'd walk these woods sniffing out people that had chicken feathers in their sleeping bags and take revenge. Uh, right. Uh, well, uh, <clears throat> uh, well, well, what kind of revenge? I don't think you want to know, Fozzie. Oh, please, yes, please, 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 please tell us. Well, the ghost of this giant man-eating chicken no offense walks these woods at night and sometimes when you're asleep you can hear the sound of footsteps on the dry leaves and twigs and you can hear this chicken sniff in the air and it'll get closer and closer until it sounds like it's right on top of you and then this giant man-eating chicken will open its huge jaws with that savage beak right down by your head and say Speaking of chicken feathers, Kermit, let's hear it. One, two, three, four. When I was a little bitty tad just up off the floor we used to go down to Grandma's house every month and her soul. Have chicken pie and country ham and homemade butter on the bread. But the best darn thing about Grandma's house was a great big feather bed. It was nine feet high and six feet wide and soft as a downy chick. It was made from the feathers of 411 geese, took a whole bowl of cloth for to dig. It had whole eight kids and four hound dogs and the piggy we stole from the shed. We didn't get much sleep, but we had a lot of fun on Grandma's feather bed. After supper, we'd sit around the fire, the old folks spit and chew. I would talk about the farm and the war and Granny say goodbye to two. I'd sit and listen and watch the fire till the cobwebs filled my head. And the next thing I'd know, I'd wake up in the morning in the middle of the old feather bed. It was nine feet high and six feet wide and soft as a downy chick. It was made from the feathers of forty eleven geese, took a whole bone of off for the tick. It only kids and four hound dogs and the piggy they stole from the shed. We didn't get much sleep, but we had a lot of fun on Grandma's feather bed. Mama, I love my pa, love Granny and Grandpa too. I've been fishing with my uncle, I wrestled with my cousin, I even kissed Aunt Lou. But if I ever had to make the choice, I guess it ought to be said that I'd trade them all plus a gal down the road for Grandma's feather bed. It was nine feet high and six feet wide and soft as a downy chick. It was made from the feathers of forty little geese, took a home on the cloth for the dick. It whole eight kids and four hound dogs and the piggy we stole from the shed. We didn't get much sleep, but we had a lot of fun on Grandma's feather bed. Didn't get much sleep, but we had a lot of fun on Grandma's for the bed. <laughs> That's great, Kermit. <laughs> Gonzo, what are you so dooted up for? Oh, I'm gonna go out and get a date with that man-eating chicken you told us about. She sounds terrific. Gonzo, there's no such thing as a man-eating chicken. That was a story. Ha! Huh. Well, that's what I thought until I found this. 
Why, that looks like a giant chicken feather. A, a what? Ah. A giant chicken feather? I, I don't believe Now, wait a minute, madam. You're making a big mistake. No, Gonzo, it's dangerous out there. Not for me, it isn't. That's just a man-eating chicken. It doesn't eat whatever I am. Where'd you go, beautiful? Do you come here often? What's your sign? I've heard the Rockies were romantic, but this is ridiculous. Hi, this is puppeteer and author Noel McNeil, and you are listening to Diz On Demand. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you D-heads, so I'm back once again. Thank you, D-team of Aaron, Caitlin, and also Nathan for stopping in here at the show so far. All kinds of fun as we're gearing up for the one and only Tanya Gunati stopping in here from Transformers Prime, Even Stevens, Pixel Perfect, Aaron Stone, and the upcoming Pen Zero part-time hero. And Tanya's going to be stopping in here very shortly as well as more of the D-team. We also have Jason and Paige stopping in here as well. So I'm just going to jump right back into news hot off the D-wire because we have a lot of it here this week. And how about Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? Say that 10 times fast. Well, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day is hitting theaters on October 10th this year. Now, I love this book. I've read it to my children a variety of times. We love it. If you have a chance, read it before the movie comes out. But now the soundtrack is coming out with the original end credits song by The Vamps. That's right, including all new songs as well with a score by Christopher Beck, who has also done Frozen. Now, the British pop band of Vamps was called to write and perform the edit credit song called Hurricane. Now, the group filmed a music video for this song that features a cameo by Bella Thorne, who stars as Big Brother Anthony's uptight girlfriend Celia in the film. Now, a sneak peek of the video is debuting on the Disney Channel all week this week, followed by the full video premiere on Vivo coming up as well in the upcoming week. Now, according to the director, Beck's score sets the pace for the film as well, and Chris Beck loved the honesty in the film which is why he regarded it to raise a family, how hectic, and many things that can happen within your family life. There's a variety of different things that they are going to have with this, and you can pre-order the soundtrack, which is getting released on October 7th for Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. I think I just really like saying that title. But there's a variety of different songs, like I said, Hurricane by the Vamps, The Best Worst Day Ever, We Are the Ones, Own the World, Surf, Surf, Don't Drown, Perfect World, and also The Suite from Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. So definitely check it out. You can pre-order it now, get it on iTunes, order the CDs as well. It is coming out October 7th. Now, since we are talking about music, let's talk about John Denver. Now, John Denver is somebody that we all love here. Maybe you're just not a country boy. Maybe you're, uh, you know, looking for God in Oh God Book 1 or 2 or many other things. But for Disney fans... You love John Denver because of John Denver and the Muppets, A Christmas Together, as well as John Denver and the Muppets, Rocky Mountain Holiday. Well, now there's an all-new John Denver anthology box set that is out there called John Denver's Recording Career Celebrated with All of My Memories, the John Denver Collection. And in this collection, you can get a variety of different things from his entire career. 
many of the classics like I already mentioned, as well as, you know, Rocky Top Tennessee and many other ones. I mean, come on. Thank God I'm a country boy. If anything, you know that song. But also there's some great John Denver and Muppet tributes on here as well. So if you love Kermit the Frog, you love Miss Piggy, you love John Denver, now you can get them all together as part of this anthology as well if you've been looking for these great tracks. You know, because John Denver collaborated with the Muppets a variety of different times, and we all love it. They're all fantastic, and, you know, I'm sure you probably heard some here on the show this week. So get ready for it. John Denver, all of my memories, the John Denver Collection. Now, not too long ago, we had Summerween, our Halloween in summer. We all know that October is coming up, and the annual Not-So-Scary Halloween Celebration here at the show, but how about Disneyland? Yes, and Disneyland Resort is now getting ready for their spooky side of Disney. Yes, Halloween time at the Disneyland Resort is the one-of-a-kind celebration with chilling family fun, and it did kick off this last Friday, September 12th, going all the way through October 31st. Now, guests can explore their spooky Disney side with Halloween transformations of the Haunted Mansion, Space Mountain, Disney villains, and many other things. Now, in addition to Halloween time highlighted as a separate ticket event, there's also the after-hours Mickey's Halloween Party, where adults and children can show their Disney side by dressing in costumes, trick-or-treating at the Disneyland Park, and enjoying all kinds of special entertainment, including the Halloween Screams Fireworks Spectacular. Now, new to Halloween time this year is some great things, including the latest twist at the Haunted Mansion Holiday, as well as additional entertainment experiences at the Halloween Carnival at Big Thunder Ranch. Now, there's also new things coming up that are as astounding with the Cauldron of Magic. Now, the spooky Space Mountain Ghost Galaxy tomorrow is one of guest favorites. There's also Jack Skellington, as I mentioned, returning with the Haunted Mansion Holiday and more. Now, I'm not going to go through all the different things involved with this because it's a big list. From Main Street USA, the Halloween Carnival, Big Thunder Ranch, the Pirates League, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, the Pumpkin Festival, and many other things. But if you want to find out more about this, all you have to do is visit Disneyland.com party, as well as just go to the Disneyland Resort website. You'll be able to find everything from Villain Square, the Costume Party, the Monsters U Dance Party, the Cadaver Dance, and many other goodies. And that's at the Disneyland Resort and New Halloween time. If you want to get a direct link to everything that's involved with Disneyland for Halloween, you can visit Disneyland.com slash Halloween. Now let's get into a little bit of technology here, and how about Guardians of the Galaxy? That's right, Guardians of the Galaxy is set to break records for Disney Infinity. That's right, Guardians of the Galaxy isn't just performing well for Disney at the box office. The company is seeing its strongest interest in the film and its cast of misfits on the small screen, especially for Disney Infinity. Since becoming available in July, sales have been going crazy for Rocket Raccoon as well as the Guardians playset and have put them in a position to beat out Captain America and Spider-Man that are becoming the game's top overall pre-selling figures and play sets. Now the character Groot is number three so far and they are just falling behind. I mean seriously, Rocket the Raccoon is currently selling nearly twice as much as bestsellers from last year including Mike Wazowski and Frozen's Elsa and it just keeps climbing the numbers. Now as they've released, the film is really driving awareness for Guardians of the Galaxy, said John Blackburn, Senior VP and General Manager of Disney Infinity. Now the sales for this have been going strong. Now they won't become available until September 23rd and the first edition of the game has already generated over $500 million from the sale of over more than 3 million starter packs so far. Now, Disney Infinity is going nowhere, and they also have a variety of different people. The Falcon, Captain America, Winter Soldier. I, I mean, the list goes on and on, and I love Disney Infinity. It is always something that is fantastic, fun, and it's just great to build the worlds. Now, stepping aside from Disney Infinity, one more bit of news here before I release the reins to the D-Team once again. 
And how about Frozen keeping you warm? I know we didn't have enough Frozen news so far, but how about AccuQuilt Designs going all new with snowflakes to die for with Disney's Frozen Love Quilt? That's right, AccuQuilt has designed the new Go Snowflakes 7-inch die for Disney's Frozen Sisterly Love Quilt, which is featured in the September-October issue of Fonz and Porter's Love of Quilting. I know, you're wondering, does this guy quilt? Does Jonathan quilt? Yeah, I, I really don't, but hey, you know... It's something out there. Like I said, we pride ourselves on being a Disney show for everybody. Now, the new Ghost Snowflake 7-inch die makes the task of cutting intricate snowflake shapes from fabric as a breeze. With the Go Fabric Cutter and the new Ghost Snowflakes die, they can go ahead and create the all-new Anna and Elsa sisterly love quilt that's going to make legions of little girls, even adults who love Anna and Elsa, happy. You know, you can get your grandma out there, get her to make you a frozen quilt in time for winter and many other things. If you want to find out more about this, we do have a full write-up on our official website at DizRadio.com. You, you can also visit them directly at ShopFonsAndPorter.com as well. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins to the D-team. We still have Jason back. He's going into the vault with something that's going to be perfect, pixel-perfect, let's say, for your television in the vault. We also have Tanya Gunati stopping in here very shortly, and she's going to be stopping in with me here at the show. We have Paige with a magical music review, as she's going to go a little bit deeper into the Disney Legacy Collection and all kinds of fun. So, all of you D-heads, I'm going to release the reins to the D-team, and next time you hear me, I'm going to get ready with Aaron Stone, Even Stevens, Pixel Perfect Star, Transformers Prime, and Pen Zero Part-Time Heroes, Tiny Gunati here on the line. Be right back, LVD heads, and take it away, team. Ricky Allman is a computer whiz in Pixel Perfect coming up next. Then, don't miss Naturally Sadie. Hi, I'm Brenda Song, and you're watching Disney Channel. Siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Require. 
required voice identification. EC82. Hey gang, welcome back down to the digital realm of ones and zeros that we like to call the vault. Having Tanya upstairs kind of gives me the inkling to delve into a vault portion that unfortunately isn't easy to get to. Why do you say? Well, it delves into the realm of Disney Channel original films. Believe it or not, not all of them are on DVD or Blu-ray. And Tanya's favorite of mine, well, I had to actually go back into a digital realm, so to speak. I actually had it on my DVR. So I had to pull it out to watch it this week. So I'm going to tell you, find a way to do it, because we're going to talk about one of my current favorite Disney Channel original films, Pixel Perfect. Pixel Perfect actually sets a pretty much of a milestone for the Disney Channel original films. It is actually the 50th Disney Channel original movie. Can you believe that? That's, that seems really amazing, but at the same time, shouldn't we be higher than that? It did air January 16th, 2004, and has replayed many times on the Disney Channel, or on demand in many different cases. But what else makes it unique is that it wasn't necessarily the movie that made the splash, so to speak, but it was actually the music that hit it big. It was the soundtrack that was far more appealing to most people. Personally, I like both. It's an enjoyable film, and I think you will all enjoy it as well. Up-and-coming high school band The Zeta Bites, featuring Samantha, is kind of struggling, like any up-and-coming band would. Her, what I would call boyfriend, decides that he needs to help her out. And what better way to go into his father's lab and create a computerized hologram known as Loretta? What does Loretta have that Sam doesn't? Well, Sam's got vocal talent, she's got guitar skills, but the poor girl can't dance. And well, as you've seen in many girl groups, if you can't dance, you're not going to make it. In this boy meets girl meets digital age, things start going well with the Zetabytes, and they land far more gigs than they ever did without Loretta. Which is fine until your lead singer starts getting a little jealous of a hologram. And why wouldn't she? Because Loretta is starting to feel the desire to become a human. And it really doesn't help Loretta's urges when Roscoe, Sam's boyfriend, as I said, starts to, well, look at her as a human being, and Sam fears that she will lose him to her. Gaining the great success that they have, Roscoe and his father decide that they should go and promote the Zeta Bites and get their first CD out. The record company and Roscoe's father merge with the idea that at some point in time, they will make more holographic rock stars. What a great idea. But then Loretta, in her newfound mind, lets everyone know that she's not just a hologram. She is a person. This, of course, leads to some arguing amongst the family, the friends, the band, and the record company. It isn't until later that Harsh Tone Records finally decides that every performer, living or holographic, can make any choice they need. This doesn't change everyone's feelings, and Loretta leaves deep into that vast place we call the Internet. What is a band to do? And the Zeta Bites have yet another concert. Can they perform without Loretta? They try, and unfortunately Sam slips and falls into a coma. Loretta comes back from the web and sees Sam unconscious. 
She goes into Sam's brain and tries to help her out. What does Loretta find? It's not so much that she's lost, it's that she's sad. She's really depressed about everything. It's there that Loretta's able to tell Sam that things aren't always perfect. Loretta then shows Sam as well that she's not as happy as everyone thinks. And they discover that, quite frankly, they may share the same thoughts. Their discussion helps Sam wake from her coma. The difference is, Loretta is still in her mind. It's there that Sam allows Loretta to borrow her body for a while, just so that they can have one last concert. And when you think all is going to be right in the world, where Sam feels confident about herself, and Loretta actually has an honest-to-goodness, living, breathing body, what happens but Thor... No, I mean lightning strikes her. And when she wakes up, Loretta seems gone. In what is now dubbed the final performance of the Zeta Bites, Sam sings about her dear friend Loretta. Roscoe and Sam make up, and everything seems to be right with the world again. That is, it isn't until we see Loretta watching over Sam and Roscoe that seems to make everything right. What seems to be a quirky, like I said, boy meets girl meets digital age kind of story, it actually is a story that has a ton of heart. A lot of fun, and to be honest, great music. You'll catch a lot of inside jokes when it comes to the record company, people inside the music industry, and, well, just an all-around good feeling amongst everything. When you're 16 and wanting to start a band, why not have a little help from the digital age? Like I said, this movie is unfortunately not on DVD or Blu-ray, but I would strongly suggest, just for a nostalgic reason, or for those Disney files who like to say they've seen it all, go out and watch the 50th production of a Disney Channel original, Pixel Perfect. As I mentioned earlier, the CD came out just around the same time as the release of the movie, featuring Loretta and the Zetabytes and a few other modern performers. It was only an eight-track CD, but you know what? Each song is worth it. If you like the music in the film, you're going to love having it in your iPod. And quite frankly, Loretta would want it that way. So I'm going to digitally file this one away in the vault, and of course thank Tanya for her wonderful performance within this great milestone of a movie. So until next week, gang, remember, the magic of Disney movies, digitally or otherwise, are always inside of you. Give me a secret man, come clear me in what to do. Give me 
It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues Disney On Demand. And every week, as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many of those are things from television, things you grew up with, as well as things that you're passing on to your children. And with us here this week is somebody that is no stranger to all of you Disney fans. You may know her from Even Stevens. Also, great shows like Aaron Stone and also Transformers Prime. We have none other than Tanya Gunati here with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Oh, thank you so much, Jonathan. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. Oh, it is our pleasure having you on. I mean, somebody of your resume, you have been around the block for quite some time, but I guess to kick it off and to start things here, your story is definitely unique on how you came about, came into America, and the road of acting. I guess, how did that start? Oh, <laughs> well, that's going to be a three-hours conversation. <laughs> uh, are you... Well, let's see if I can make it short. Um, well, basically, I've been very fortunate. I, I grew up in Indonesia. I, I was born there. And um, when I was in high school, I won a green card lottery. And that is the best thing ever because I was able to move to America and learn English. And then I found acting. And so I also learned some acting. And, and then my first uh, TV job actually was with Disney Channel, even Stevens. And now it's uh, 10 years later, and I'm still working for Disney. 
So as you can see, I, I love I love Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, definitely too. And like you said, your first show was uh, you know Even Stevens, and that right there is something that is completely unique as well because you know you were actually taking a CPA exams and decided to head off and finish that audition callback for Even Stevens. Am I correct? Yes, and I can't believe you know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, my my parents actually they I think they were having a heart attack when they found out about it. <laughs> but um, but of course now that um, I'm enjoying myself and they can see that I'm so happy being an actress. Um, my mom who who used to have a heart attack almost every week when I tell tell her that I want to be an actor. Now she's fully supportive. In fact. She told me that of course you would be an actress because you got it from me. She said. <laughs> she said I'm I'm creative and I've always wanted to be an actor when I was a teenager. I bet you get it from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I guess with uh, you know, with that first show in Even Stevens, and you know, being new to this, you know, coming to America, and, and you know, being on the set, the. Uh, fan favorite cult following that it is today because people still love even stevens all these years later i can oh my goodness i will um there's one memorable uh, memory that i had when i booked even stevens and i was on set on the first day i remember uh, one of the producers mark he told me that he said this show is gonna is gonna make you people will know you just from this show and at the time, I'm like, really? It's it's only like two episodes, you know? I'm like, I'm not sure. And then, um, and you are so right because Shia LaBeouf is just so charming and um, wonderful that I think he brought the show to just like a celebrity level where everyone knows the show for already ten years now. Definitely. More than that, right? More than 10 years. <laughs> I mean, they started it, like, uh, however long ago. Definitely. You know, and being on that set and, you know, being part of the Disney Channel and looking back, um, you know, with even Stevens, is that something that even today people still recognize you for? You know, occasionally. Occasionally, um, one or two people uh, would, would come up to me and mention even Stevens, and usually they're already in college now. Uh, so that that's really a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, but usually a young, younger kids, younger kids uh, would recognize me from things like the movies, you know, like Go Figure or Pixar Perfect, um, or even Aaron Stone, because I think those movies, uh, Disney Channel keeps uh, replaying them. So the kids, um, younger kids, are still watching those. Well, definitely, and like I was about to say, is you know, with Disney, you you truly are a you know a Disney star. You know, you've been part of so many Disney, been part of so many Disney movies and you know television shows and franchises. And that's going to lead us to Aaron Stone, and that is another one that everybody loves. You know, it was on Disney XD. It was slightly different. Now, was that something that you just found you know completely unique and fun? Because you definitely had a more prominent role on there. You know, since even Stevens had launched everything for you. Oh, definitely. Aaron Stone was so cool because um, I, I didn't even dare to dream. Like, I didn't even know that kind of role existed. And, um, I mean, what is so awesome is I get to play uh, a regular teenager. And then, like, when I came home from school, when I come home from school, I became a badass, you know, a weapons specialist, <laughs> a superhero type. And... Uh, it was so much fun. We filmed for two years in Canada, and I get to learn all the weapons. And, and I remember at the time, I, I wasn't very fit, so when they gave me, like, this 
big, giant gun. I was like, I couldn't carry it, let alone running around with it. <laughs> um, but it was a blessing because ever since then, you know, I started going to the gym, lifting weights, and and um, by by the end of season one, I, I was very strong. Well, you know, and you know, with that too, you know, moving moving right along with there, you know, being fit, being strong, that's going to lead me to something completely different. And voice acting, which is an entirely different field, you know, Justice Heart and Transformers Prime. Now, that is a show that, you know, my sons, they love Transformers Prime. And I guess what led you what, what what led you down that road of wanting to get into voice acting? Okay. Oh, actually, I really like this story because um, I, I, I never realized how crazy I was until um, the voiceover <laughs> world that, that took over. <laughs> well, okay, I'll tell you. Um, so... My, I, I always loved cartoon, right? When I was growing up, I loved cartoon. Now, I never put it together in my brain that cartoon is actually people voicing these animated characters. Um, so when I realized that one day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I said, I, um, I would love to get into the uh, voiceover business. And a friend of mine who was already doing that, um, I asked him, I said, oh, how do you get into it? And he right away told me, he said, you know, don't even try. He said, you have an accent. You can't even speak American English perfectly. In this business, he said, you have to have at least American accent, and you have to have a few different accents like British or Southern. So he said, I don't think you're going to make it. Just forget about it. He said, let me save you some time. And I was disappointed at that. So actually, I didn't do anything for maybe a year. Um, but then I realized one day, I'm like, you know what? I don't even know this guy. I said, he's just a friend from acting class. Why should he uh, manage my life <laughs> and decide for me, right? <laughs> so um, I, I, was, I, I was able to ask my commercial agent to um, introduce me to a voiceover agent who is in the same building. So they were really nice. So they, they, they set up a meeting for me with uh, Vox, uh, Vox USA uh, voiceover agency. And I actually met with the CEO and also the uh, the, um, the head agent uh, over there. And when they met me, they thought um, they thought that the way I speak, because I have an, an Asian accent like this, right? And so they thought I, I was putting on an accent, and they're like, "Oh, so but you can speak regular American English, right?" And I said, "No, I said this is it. This is my voice." And they started laughing, and they said, well, you know, we we don't think that you can uh, compete with the other um, actors that we have because people that we have, you know, they can speak Asian accents, but also they can do American accents. And so I said to them that, hey, I said, but all you need, though, is one voice to book a job. It's just one voice, right? An actor doesn't have to do all five voices to book something, and I and they're like, yeah, but, you know, and I said to them, look, let's not waste time. I said, why don't you take a contract out for one year, try me out, because I love cartoons, and I know that because of my love for the business, I can book something. And they they thought I was crazy. <laughs> um, and they said, um, well, they said, but I don't know what you would be playing, like what kind of characters. And I said to them, I can play an infinite amount of characters. I can be a tree. I can be a mushroom. I can be an elephant. I can be a bird. I can be a tomato. And so finally, I think they, they gave up on me, and they thought I'm totally crazy, and they brought the contract, and I signed for one year. And um, I didn't book anything for the first 10 months. 
On the 11th month, they called me and they gave me an audition for Transformers Prime. I got a call back right away, and then I booked it, and I I was on that show for three years. <laughs> That's the kind of thing too, where your persistence has completely paid off. You know, you showed them, hey, you know what? It just needs one voice, and something like Transformers Prime. Is huge. Everybody loves Transformers. I grew up with Transformers, and now my boys are growing up with Transformers. So I guess w- when you finally got in the studio, and you're finally seeing the final animation, and Transformers Prime is on the air, I guess what was it like that first initial feeling when you you know you watch the show and you're like, all right, that's me. I'm an animated cartoon. Jonathan, I was jumping up and down. I mean, I was when I first when they first showed us the animation. We were like um, we were doing a screening with all the cast, and I was so happy because I I guess I just love a c- cartoon, and it's so cute to see you know myself and my voice in an animation that they drew. Of course, you know um, I love that they made my character look so cute and like really skinny and tiny <laughs> <laughs> and really hip and cool, <laughs> and I can jump up and down and all these things. That's the beauty of cartoon, right? Um, it's just amazing, and ever since then, I, I I just got addicted to voiceover. It's so much fun, and you know what's funny too? Um, I talked to my agents like a couple years later after Transformers. I actually booked a couple gigs where I did play a little bird, um, in Zambezia, and then I got Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, where I played a tomato and mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> so it was true and I was telling my agent remember when I first met you guys I said I can play you know um, tomatoes or birds because <laughs> it's possible to have an Asian tomatoes or Asian yellow bird <laughs> see everything came full circle and you got to play the you know the mushrooms and tomatoes and the birds and uh, you know and like you said voice acting is addictive it's definitely fun I guess what what difference does it make? I guess how different is it with voice acting and standing in a studio as opposed to working on a set? Well, yeah, yeah let's see. Um, they're totally different, but I actually cannot choose because I love both of them. Um, of course, I love live action because I get to be in action, my full body, and um, I can use all the instruments um, that I've got. You know, I can express myself with my face, with my body, with my voice. Um, but in voice acting, you only have... You can you must focus on on your voice, and that's the only instrument of your body that um, that you must use creatively. And I do enjoy enjoy both of them. I think um, uh, the difference is that um, in voice acting, you you want to have imagery in your like you have to have strong imagination of this cartoon so you can feel. Are you running around? Are you doing some action? Or is this like a hushed moment? And you want to play play with your voice, um, but at the end of the day, they're both the same thing, though. They're both um, required, you know. Um, act, if you know how the acting skills and the technique, um, it's a, applicable to both the same. Definitely, you know, it's something where you have to bring it to the table and channel the character. And you know, I guess, like you said, doing live action and animation and things like that. Now, with Transformers Prime. You know, that's going to bring to Comic-Cons and many things. And I'm sure you've been on many panels and things like that as well for a lot of these events. I guess, uh, what is it like when you get, like, standing ovations and, uh, you know, just fans cheering like crazy and saying, I love Transformers. And, uh, you know, is it one of those things where it just still uh, tickles you inside? Well, yes, it did. And, and, you know, for Transformers, actually, they the fan base are just so nice. And 
whenever we go to Comic Con to do um you know uh, reading out loud with the fans and also uh, to do autograph signing. These fans really is it's just so humbling to have them be there and they actually know more about your character sometimes. They know the lines that you have spoken and people dress up like you and and take we get to take pictures together and they would bring um photos and artwork from their home. Sometimes people do it themselves and then we would um sign it for them and it's actually it's such an honor to be able to hang out with the with the fans who really appreciate um the uh you know the animation world now i guess you know moving on from that too and all the fans and things like that that's going to bring me to you know uh the main role of a youtube web series which is my music i guess how did that come about and how i guess that's a whole nother shift you've done voice acting you've done live acting and then now it's a youtube series i guess how did that all come about you know actually that, that was interesting because um just a few years ago my agent asked me if I would want to do a web series. And at the time, I had no idea. I, I mean, honestly, I, I never really watched a YouTube series. And and he said, you know, it's the new age. People are um, doing web series. And he said, why don't you give it a shot if you want? So I did, and um, I auditioned for that. And turns out it was a lot of fun, uh, even though I played a character where I love techno music. I actually don't like techno music, <laughs> but because of this part, I had to um, do research, and I listened to a lot of techno, a lot of dubstep, and it just gave me gave me a new appreciation for that genre of music, and also um, a definitely different fan base who likes uh, that kind of music. You know, you personally didn't like it, but, you know, doing your research, being an actor, you have an appreciation, and you channeled it well, because, you know... It really was a unique and different series, and I guess with that, you know, moving forward, do you have anything currently in the works or anything that you can talk about, or are we just going to have to keep our eyes and ears open? Yeah, well, I actually have something that I'm so, so, so excited, and I really am enjoying every minute of it right now. Um, it's for Disney Channel again, uh, it's called Pen Zero Part-Time Hero. It's an animated series. I think it may be for Disney XD, and it's going to come out this December. Um, Very cool. It, and I love, I love this. We uh, we got uh, booked for 42 episodes, and right now we're on episode 30. And it is so awesome because um, the producer asked me about a month ago, uh, while we are like doing episode 20 or something like that, he said, oh, can you sing? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> because, you know, even though as an actor in the past, I always say yes to everything. Um, but I realized in voiceover, since the only instrument that you're using is your voice, if you really cannot sing, they can tell right away. <laughs> so I said, well, I said, I, I sing at home. I said, and, you know, I said, in Instead of letting you know if I can or not, can I just give you a sample of my singing? I said I I have auditioned before um, for uh, what is that show called Doc Doc McStuffin, where I sang. Yeah. Um, I said I auditioned for them. I didn't book it, but I did sing and I have it recorded at home. He said, Oh yeah, send it over. So I sent it to them and they loved it. So now we already have three episodes where I get to sing. One of them, I get to sing harmony. The other one, I get to sing lead vocal. And the third one, I get to sing some kind of a Broadway musical. And it's so amazing, Jonathan. 
uh, I just want to say that Disney, Disney has given me so many opportunities, so many wonderful variety of fun stuff, and I, I am just so appreciative. Well, you know, and it, like I said before, it seems like it's the kind of thing where you keep coming back to Disney and, you know, like you said, they've given you so many opportunities. And now with, you know, Pen Zero, Part-Time Hero, I mean, it, it definitely, you know, Disney XD is definitely something different and fun and unique, you know, and that, you know, that series is definitely going to be a fun one. And you're playing Sasha on that series, correct? Or Sashi? Sashi Kobayashi. <laughs> We know you're busy. You have a lot of different things on the horizon, lots of fun things. But for all your fans out there, fans of Even Stevens, Disney Channel movies, Aaron Stone, Transformers Prime, um, everything out there for all of your fans, is there any final lasting words that you'd like to leave for all of them, you know, from Tanya? Yes. Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you to all the fans who have been supportive of me and who loves Disney Channel, who loves the... Uh, animated world and the live action without you guys we won't exist um thank you to all and my my thing that i want to say is if i can do it and i started with not being able to speak english and not, i don't even know what acting was i know that you all can do whatever you want to do be whoever you want to uh, be who, whoever you want to be and i know that all your dreams also can come true very cool. I mean, great words of wisdom. Something where I know that, you know, many people have grown up with you definitely will appreciate and know that, you know, I can do it too. So with that said, you know, I, we're going to let you go. So many different things on the horizon. Everybody can find you online, everywhere else. And of course, coming up very soon is Pen Zero, part-time hero that's coming to Disney XD. Um, they can also catch, you know, Transformers Prime, even Stevens, all those great shows on Netflix and many other places. And it was our pleasure having you on and, you know, telling your fantastic story of how you came here, not even speaking English, and now look at you, you are a part of many people's lives. So thank you once again for stopping in. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you to all the fans, and thank you, Disney. Hey, this is John Morris, Andy from the Toy Story Trilogy, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. here with an all-new Magical Music Review. This week, we will be going into the archives of the Disney Music Library and listening to a few of the treasures from the newly released addition to the Legacy Collection, Mary Poppins. Released in 1964, the film gave songwriting team Robert B. and Richard M. Sherman their rise to popularity with their now classic and beloved songs, winning the Academy Award for Best Score and Best Original Song, Chim Chim Cheree. 
The soundtrack was originally released on vinyl and reel-to-reel tape by Buena Vista Records the year of the film's release, but they had to shorten a few songs and even cut a few due to time constraints. A re-release on Laserdisc in 1997 featured a mono-isolated music score that has yet to appear on any other home video release. To celebrate the film's 40th anniversary, a 28-track disc as part of a two-disc set was released by Walt Disney Records. Now, as the film has celebrated its 15th anniversary a few weeks ago on Wednesday, August 27th, Walt Disney Records has re-released the 28-track edition of the soundtrack and has included demos of favorite and unreleased songs recorded by the Sherman Brothers in new recordings, story meetings with P.L. Travers, the Hollywood premiere, along with an older interview with the Sherman Brothers about the film. Now, let's think, wink, give a double blink, close our eyes, and jump into the music of Walt Disney's Mary Poppins. One of my favorite parts of the Legacy Collection releases is the addition of score selections and not just the songs with lyrics. The animated sequence of Mary Poppins is one of the most enchanting moments, even if Pamela Travers would be too fond of it. Probably one of the most memorable moments of it is a little dance that Bert shares with some small friends. The penguin dance is an uplifting number. The most prominent instruments are in the upper register. With the use of flutes, clarinets, violins, high and low brass, and percussion, among others, almost any instrument you can picture can be heard. One instrument not normally thought of, at least for me anyway, that has a prominent role at the end of the piece is the kazoo. Dick Sherman is credited with the use of the kazoo at the point in the piece when the penguins and Bert are giving their final bows. A fun instrument for a fun piece. Enjoy! Did you know 
know that Bert and Mary Poppins have a love song? If you know the movie, you must think I'm crazy or making this up, but I promise you I'm not. Called The Eyes of Love, it never made it past its demo stage. After hearing the boys play it for, Julie Andrews suggested to Walt that it wasn't really suitable or in Mary's character to sing a love song. In its place, A Spoonful of Sugar was written. One of the most popular theories among fans about Mary and Bert is that they love each other. With this song, those fans can assume that in the film there was originally a more romantic relationship for the two of them. Take a listen to this lost treasure and see what you think. Until you learn to see with your heart Beauty hides behind the commonplace But through the eyes of love you can start Seeing beauty Sherman, on Fridays after work, Walt Disney would often invite them into his office and they'd talk about things that were going on at the studio. After a while, he'd wander to the north window, look out into the distance, and just say, play it. And Dick would wander over to the piano and play Feed the Birds for him. Feed the Birds is a classic in the Disney Music Library. A softer, melancholy tune, the most prominent instruments are violins and low brass. The listener can also hear chimes, flutes, an accordion, and a choir. For Jane and Michael, it serves as an informative song and a lullaby. Personally, it is one of my favorite songs sung by Julie Andrews. It's hard to put a finger on what about this song is so endearing to me. Maybe it's the sweet but sad melody. Maybe it's Miss Andrews' voice. 
Maybe it's the importance of the song to Walt. Whatever the case may be, it is a song that will live forever. A bonus from the Legacy Collection, the demo sung by Dick is included. Dick, play it. Early each day to the steps of St. Paul's The little old bird lady comes In her own special way To the people she calls Come by my bags full of crumbs Come feed the little birds Show them you care And you'll be glad if you do Their young ones are hungry Their nests are so bare All it takes is tuppence from you Feed the birds tuppence a bag Tuppence, tuppence, tuppence a bag Feed the birds that's what she cries While overhead her birds fill the skies All around the cathedral the saints and apostles Look down as she vends her wares Although you can't see it you know smiling each time someone shows that he cares though her words are simple and few listen listen she's calling to you The birds, tuppence a bag, tuppence, tuppence, tuppence a bag. Tuppence, 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 tuppence
Well, as with all good things, we must come to an end. It's time for me to sign off for this week. I hope you've all enjoyed this week's Magical Music Review. Our next Legacy Collection edition will be coming in October. But until then, I'll be back next week with an all-new soundtrack. Enjoy the rest of the show, D-Heads. I'll see you next time. All right, all of you D-Heads, so I'm back once again, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. All kinds of fun things that happened throughout the show here this week. And I do want to extend a very special thank you once again to our very special guest, Ms. Tanya Gunati, for stopping in here and sharing her stories, her fun. And I, for one, am excited for Pen Zero, part-time hero, to be hitting the small screens on Disney Channel very, very soon. Thank you, Tanya, once again for stopping in. I'd also like to thank the D-Team. That's right, Aaron, Nathan, Paige, Jason, and Caitlin, all for stopping in here this week. Without your signature segments, everybody would pretty much have to listen to me ramble in week in and week out. You make the show. So thank you, D-Team, for adding your segments, and remember to connect up with the D-Team directly through our website. So, all of you D-Heads, finally, I want to thank you. Yes, all the D-Heads. You are the reason we do this show every single week. You're the reason that we come back every single week and bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney with our unique blend of Disney show here at Diz Radio. Thank you for tuning in, spreading the word, and making the show what it is. So all of you D-Heads, before I let you in as to who's going to be here next week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, all the past podcasts, latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N. D-I-Z. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, and Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. And remember, you can subscribe to our show on Stitcher Radio and also iTunes and get the latest shows right there in the palm of your hand, your device to listen to and enjoy. Just search Diz Radio or Disney On Demand. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, it's all out of the way. And as the weather is getting a little bit chillier, you know, we're not up to winter yet. We're not ready to have the snow fall, but we are ready to run around in the nice, cool breeze. And next week, we have a very special guest stopping in. As you may remember, our favorite Jamaican bobsled team. That's right, Cool Runnings. And we have none other than Leon, who played Doris in Cool Runnings, stopping in here at the show next week. So get ready to, you know, pretty much see something yet you can't believe Jamaica has a bobsled team. So until next week, all of you D-heads, I do want to say, like I always do, take that time, slow down, and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-heads, I'll catch you online and have a magical week.
thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.